don't forget to subscribe to the Airport Experience News Podcast. If you like listening on the go, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or Stitcher. Or if you just like listening on your computer, you can visit us on airportxnews.com slash podcast. As I said, welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. This is episode 37, and here I chat with Chris Hartman. He is the Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder of At Your Gate. Now, At Your Gate is a service similar to DoorDash, Uber Eats, and others, but this one is customized for the airport. And just as a side note, one of the reasons why we changed our name from Airport Revenue News to Airport Experience News was to focus on the evolving experiences that are improving the passengers' travel from curb to gate. And At Your Gate is one of those services. So Chris and I chat about their beginnings, which is very similar to a story that many startups and entrepreneurs share. We talk about how they made their way through the airport world, and of course their impact on the passenger's experience. Anyway, here is my conversation with Chris Hartman. So I'm here with Chris Hartman, the co-founder and chief experience officer of At Your Gate, an on-demand ordering and delivery service in airports. You can find them in San Diego, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Newark, LaGuardia, Portland, and at JFK in Terminal 7 and 8. Chris, thanks for taking time to speak with me. And did I forget any other airports in that list? I, I don't think so, but it's even hard for me to keep track in my head. Uh, but thanks for having me on. This is, uh, in full disclosure, I'm a subscriber, so this is exciting. Oh, great. That's, uh, that's wonderful here. And it's, I guess it's a good thing that you can't keep track because that means you're probably in the process of adding, <laughs> adding more airports to the roster. We are. It's been a lot of work, but it's been really exciting. Um, you know, never, never a dull day and never the same day over twice. Oh, perfect. And I think um, you, know, you and I were speaking a little bit before you start recording, and I'm just going to say it again. Um, been following the company for a bit. And I think it's a cool service. And like I said before, with cool services means cool experiences. And before we get really into all that, I want to just first touch about uh, a little bit on your background so that listeners kind of have a frame of reference of how you came to create or co-create at your gate. Sure. So uh, like most of us on the founding team, um, I came from outside the industry. So I was doing business development and consulting in the IT space. Um, so I was the kind of guy that would, I would go in and I would sit down with business owners or C-levels and I would figure out like how we could solve business problems or achieve business goals by applying certain technologies. So I would sit down, help them identify goals and problems. And then I would kind of patch together these disparate pieces of technology to sell as a solution. Mm-hmm. And it really, what I enjoyed about that, it was, um, it was a nice combination of like business acumen creativity, creative problem solving, and then just good old fashioned sort of linear troubleshooting. And, um, you know, I think I was pretty good at it. And that experience uh, was really brought to bear here when we started At Your Gate. So like anything else, what triggered the creation of At Your Gate? And I'm assuming that the motivation probably came through from or came from you traveling through the airport. Yeah, in a way. So, um, you know, it really started with it started with six words. And those words were, tell me if this sounds crazy. Ah, love it. So those words were spoken to me by our founder and CEO, PJ Mastracchio. And this is kind of a fun part of the story. Um, PJ and I have known each other and been friends for over 20 years. And back when we were both in our mid-20s, about 100 years ago, um, we had a business together. And we were running coin-operated games at the Jersey Shore. Okay. 
So now you know these um, these claw or crane type machines where you yes. put your money in and then the claw goes and it tries to pick up the prize and you drop it in the chute. Well, those were our machines. And not only that, it was the first entrepreneurial endeavor for both of us. So um, we were already connected. We were already friends. Um, smash cut to late 2014, PJ and I, who hadn't seen each other in a while because um, we were living on opposite coasts at that point, uh, we were enjoying some adult beverages when he dropped this idea on me. Now, in his background, he's uh, what you would consider a serial entrepreneur. So he'd started and sold a few companies, specifically in the healthcare space at that point. And uh, at that time, he was in the middle of running these experiential marketing campaigns for pharma brands inside of airports. Hmm. And his thought to me was like, hey, I just, uh, this was him speaking, I just put people inside the airport uh, to hand out samples of cold and flu medicine. Why couldn't people like that also deliver food inside the airport? And again, these are his words. He said, you know, I order from DoorDash damn near every day of my life, but that stops when I get to the airport, get inside the airport. Like I can't do that anymore. So he had this thought. And then the question he had for me, knowing my background was, would it work? So uh, in a very cliche startup story kind of way, I literally flipped over a napkin and started <laughs> to sketch out some ideas. And we began to realize like, yeah, this just might work. Um, so from there, you know, one thing to know about PJ is in addition to being the visionary of our company, he's also our networker in chief. Um, mm-hmm. What I mean by that is he's got this astounding ability to meet and connect people together. So uh, he called me up about a month after our napkin business plan session to tell me he'd found the next piece of the puzzle. And this was an industry veteran named Steve McKelvey. Now, Steve uh, had spent years with JC Decoe, the Mm -hmm. indoor advertising company. Um, Steve liked our idea. And the reason we liked Steve, in addition to his good looks and his charm, was that he had a Rolodex full of airport executives at his disposal. And now uh, from there, there was one more piece of the puzzle and PJ connected with another guy named David Henninger. Dave was an experienced executive, an MBA, and he had tons of just sort of nuts and bolts business know-how that we kind of needed. So there we were, um, we had the four of us at that point. So the visionary, the guy who could land us meetings at the airport, the guy who knew how to turn this into a business, and then me, the guy who had to figure out how it was all going to work. That was probably by the spring of 2014 at that point. So we had picked a company name, registered a domain, and we started off on the journey. Well, that's, that's amazing. And, and by the way, tell the truth, do you still have that napkin? I don't. It's just one of those things. We probably put a drink right back down on top of it when we were done. So I wish there was a better end to that story. We had it framed. But, uh, exactly. You full just... disclosure, no, we lost the napkin. Well, we obviously didn't lose the, uh, the, the framework for the business. But that's, well, it would have yeah. been a great story to, to kind of show it framed some. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's framed in our minds. That's for damn sure. Awesome. So then um, talk to me about uh, San Diego. That was your first airport, I believe. You went through the, um, the Innovation Lab there, which kind of accelerated growth. Uh, just talk about the experience of actually uh, working with someone that's on the airport side and testing it through them. Is that, yeah. That's kind of how it works, correct? 
Sure. And so I'll walk you into that story. So, um, you know, by the start of 2016, we'd raised a little bit of money and we set out on the road to start meeting with airports. And we took a lot of these meetings with a variety of uh, different airports and executives. And um, one of the things about the, the founding team was we all had a background in business development, meaning we would all had to sort of sell for our suppers before. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty good at these sort of meetings. We were good at presenting we were good at managing complex sales cycles and we were tenacious. Um, you know, we weren't going to quit because we, we thought that this was an idea that was time had come. So one of the early meetings we had was with the San Diego County Regional Airport Authority. And it's funny to look back because there's a lot of people in that, that room that day and we know most of them now and we work closely yeah. with them. Uh, but at the time it was just a lot of faces staring at us from across the table and one of those faces was Rick Belliotti. And that's the day we met Rick. And that's the day we learned about the San Diego Airport's Innovation Lab. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can't speak for Rick or the lab, but I can tell you the impetus of its formation was uh, sort of based on a dichotomy. The airport industry seems to have a high barrier of entry for new and small companies. Um, but conversely, the technology that needed to transform the industry was going to come from new and small companies. So Rick and team recognized that. Um, and I think the lab was formed to help identify those companies, develop them and then guide them into the airport and travel world, so to speak. Um, so uh, later that year, the innovation lab at San Diego airport actually issued an RFP for a mobile ordering delivery service, which, we answered, we won, and we begun our work there at the lab. Uh, you guys were one of the first, if not the first ones, correct? I believe officially we were the first, although um, I would recommend you have Rick on to discuss that. I recommend that just because he'd be a great guest. But, oh, uh, no worries. I, yeah. I just kind of see you guys as being like the first graduating class. <laughs> yeah, no, that's ways. for sure. And then that's kind of how we consider ourselves and, and we're considered at the lab. But you know, so once we got in and started to work with the folks there uh, at San Diego, um, I'll say, you know, one thing that surprised me coming into this industry was uh, how many people that we encounter that are really sincerely interested in continually improving, mm-hmm. improving the, the, the customer or the passenger experience uh, there at the airport. Now, I know you know this because you're one of those people and you talk to those people every day. But remember, you know, the majority of us came from outside the industry. Yeah. Now, Rick is really sort of a thought leader in this space, um, especially when it comes to using technology related to passenger experience or access, as we all sometimes call it. Um, And he held us to a really high standard as far as what we were going to deliver. Um, You know, he helped us learn about not only the airport business, but about the entirety of the customer slash passenger journey. And he really emphasized uh, an attention to detail and pointed out how every little interaction that a passenger has during their, their, their customer journey really has a big impact. Um, so those were kind of the, 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 the two aspects was, um, you know, this is the airport business, but then this is, this is how you really focus on customer and passenger experience. Well, it's funny because it's, you know, you, you mentioned 2014 and that, that still seems pretty early to me in terms of people in, in our industry really thinking about passenger experience. I mean, the extent of passenger experience at that point it had been, well, let's really come up with a, or, and design a really cool um, you know, environment if it's, if it's a restaurant, you know, something that's engaging um, or you know, other things that are that not necessarily that are as 
straightforward and simple. No, no offense, but it's very straightforward and simple as a service like yours. Yeah. So now you guys coming in, in 2014, even though it's what, only a little less than five years ago, um, that's still early for me, at least in, in my, because everyone now is in all, really all about the, the passenger experience, even though we've been saying it for a while. Yeah. Um, and at the time there was some skepticism and, and, and remember, we you know, it was 2016 by the time we started meeting with airports. So they had started to turn around on that and they were starting to think about technology, but it was all still really new. There was a little bit of skepticism of, Hey, would this thing even work in an airport? And, um, yeah. you know, it, it tends to be kind of a risk averse industry, I think. Um, yes. In certain mm-hmm. ways. So uh, the feedback we got early on, there was a lot of like, Hey, this sounds like a really interesting idea why don't you go try it somewhere else and let us know how it goes. (laughs) That was my point. Actually, you know, everyone wants it, but then they don't want to be the first to kind of try it out. I don't know if it's for fear of having egg on their face or, or what, but it's just like, well, that's great. I really am interested, but can you try it in San Francisco first? Yeah. Well, I liken it to, um, you know, everybody standing around the edge of the pool and looking around saying, Hey, somebody else jump in and tell us how the water is. (laughs) Exactly. uh, San Diego wound up being the airport that jumped in the water, so to speak. No, and and they're one of the obvious, obviously one of the more progressive-minded airports. And listen, I'm not trying to say that all airports are, are um, risk-averse or, um, you know, plotting in terms of their acceptance of these things because because they're not. You you do have them, I think. But more to your point, you're right. It's they don't want to be the first in the pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 taken shape, and 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 I think folks, you know, airport folks realize that technology is only going to help in this, and you just have to be smart about how you apply it. So a, a careful approach is good in this, in that regard. And, and like I said, we, we really appreciate the learning that we got from the lab about the business and about their vision of the, the customer experience. Um, but, um, you know, by the time we reached the end of January, 2018, we launched there at San Diego mm-hmm. and, and haven't looked back since. Now tell me like, how, what was it? What was the reception? Like when just at, just in the first, the conceptual phase of things, when you were talking with some folks like, Hey, this is what we want to do. We want to have a service with, where you can order from an app and have it delivered to you at your seat at the gate. What was the, was there genuine interest? Was it, ah, it's not going to work. You know, what was it like? I think it was across the board. If you're asking specifically as far as like what the attitude, um, mm-hmm. the various airport people was like, um, you know, we would sit in the room with a, with a, contingency of airport representatives at any particular airport um and it would it would run the range from you've got sort of the marketing people on one side of the table and the tenant and property people and the contracting people on the other side and you could almost track across the the room what the reaction was going to be whereas you know the folks who were more focused on marketing and pr and and really you know that passenger experience were all for this they saw that like i said earlier the time has come for this and they saw this as a net plus mm-hmm. and then you focus on the the, the real estate and, and, and concession management folks and the contracting folks and, and what they saw, you know, to their credit, it was their job to see that were what the complications were going to be. And we had to kind of talk our way across the room sure. through all of those objections. Um, but again, you know, to us, these really, even the objections seemed like these are just problems to solve and we can solve problems. We've got good, smart people to solve problems here in this room on our side of the table and on the airport side of the table. So let's work together and figure out how to do this well uh, in the best interest of the the passengers. 
it's, it's not always bad to go to run the gauntlet like that, right? Sure. To kind of whittle away at, at the things that are kind of extraneous to, the, to, to your service and say, oh, this is, we didn't really need that or we do need that. Yeah, and they made us really focus on uh, aspects that we, you know, maybe hadn't occurred to us, um, you know, sure. potential complications and, and problems we were going to have to solve. So, yeah, I mean, the whole experience was invaluable to forming, you know, what ultimately we launched as the product that is at your gate. And, and I apologize. I should have probably led off with, or had this had this be one of the second or third questions. But like, let's just for those who are listening who might not be aware. But how would, how does at your gate? How does the service work? I actually downloaded the app, and I was I was just messing with it, you know, that kind of thing. But just take me through like how you as a as a consumer would use it. Sure. So um, you know, very simply, if you are at an airport in the terminal where we we offer our service, um, you download the at your gate app. You browse through offerings from uh, participating airport concessions, and that can be, it, it's mostly food and beverage. This is a very mm-hmm. food-driven type experience, but there's some retail in there as well, uh, as well. You sort of build out your shopping cart. You choose the things that you want. Um, you choose the time and the place where you want it delivered inside the airport. Um, for a passenger, that's typically a departure gate. Um, but, you know, let's not discount. There's also a lot of airport employees that see this as a value as well. That's true. That's true. And there's, so there's any number of places inside the airport where an employee could take delivery. Um, so you choose your delivery location, you complete your order, and then uh, we do the rest. The order gets sent off to the participating concession partner, you know, who's, who's going to make the food. Uh, we have badged and uniformed staff inside the airport mm-hmm. to do the deliveries. Um, it's very much like you would experience sort of on a street side service, like an Uber Eats yeah, so, or yeah, a DoorDash. It's a similar experience, except mm-hmm. for you're not putting in a street address. You're, you're putting in a location inside the airport. No, oh, it's perfect. And everything works well within the, the, the little ecosystem that you guys have created, which is, which is great. Um, yeah. It's really not, you know, it's not as uncontrolled an environment as, as folks might anticipate uh, just looking at it from the top down. Um, you know, there are a lot of people inside there and inside an airport on a given day. I mean, tens of thousands in most cases. Um, but everybody needs to be at a certain place at a certain time at an airport, typically. No, definitely. So definitely. it's not hard to create a scenario where, um, you know, our delivery folks and say a passenger who's waiting for their food, even if it's a busy gate hold area, um, you know, if you create a situation where you've got two people looking for each other, um, it's it's not hard for, for them to connect. Yeah. So were there any... Would you say there were any hurdles? What one, I mean, in, in 18, you were officially able to launch all this. I mean, even prior to that, in terms of, um, you know, let's, let's face it, adoption is really the true measure of success, right? Um, yeah. Where were the operators themselves kind of wary about this or were they easily, you know, sold on, sure, yeah, this is a great service because you're not taking anything away from me. You're an add-on to my offering, basically, is how they should yeah. Well, again, there's no single answer and no single reaction. You know, different sure. folks uh, had different reactions to this this proposition. Um, you know, in general, they were they were fairly open. They were concerned about any sort of complexities we would add to their mm-hmm. processes. Um, but they saw this as a value. They saw this as an ability to reach passengers that perhaps you know weren't going to otherwise show up at their concept to order food. Um, you know, our position in this is that if, if a if a customer's ordering from your restaurant inside the airport, they're, they're probably not going to, for some reason, they, they weren't able to show up there and place the order themselves. Mm-hmm. So we look at this as an incremental opportunity for the restaurants. And I, and I think they recognize that. And we work really hard with them on building a good, smooth, easy process that really 
uh, tries to make it as uncomplicated as possible for their staff to do their portion of this experience. So you touch on something that, w- that um, I was actually going to ask about. In a, in a, do you think that uh, services, a service like this kind of eliminates spontaneity? I mean, now I, I think not because if we're on the street and we're just walking up and down, you know, uh, a street and just look, oh, that's a great restaurant as opposed to me just knowing what I want immediately and not knowing what could what I could want. But do you think that eliminates anything of that in, in an airport or, be, or is it because the airport is a contained environment with a finite number of options? It's easier to just say, oh, I'd like to order from uh, Red Cow or, or Qdoba, et cetera. I mean, the way we see it is this really kind of opens up the entirety of the airport mm-hmm. to the customers. Um, you know, airports have done a fantastic job at building these sort of world-class dining and retail experiences, but um, that doesn't mean they're all accessible to every passenger or customer that's inside that airport space. True. And we think we can open up that, that those options so that they do become available to everybody. So, um, you know, even if you're at a particular gate and as a passenger, and there may be a great concept uh, that's right in front of you, but maybe that's not exactly what you want to eat in that moment. Yeah. Or, or in that terminal. <laughs> or in that terminal. We can, we can give you more options. We can show you what's across the airport. And, and, and face it, you know, we, we all understand passenger behavior to a certain extent. And mm-hmm. they, they don't tend to, get up, tend to get up and wander around the airport looking for things to eat so much. As much as the airports would like them to. I mean, they create these fantastic experiences um, to quote, walk to and interact with physically. But if a customer is just going to sit there at their gate and wait for their flight, why wouldn't it be great to give them an opportunity to partake of some of the other offerings that may be outside their reach? Yeah. And, and as we're, as you're talking, I, I, I'm not that you can see me, but I, I'm not meaning to be rude, but I'm actually messing with the, with the app right now. So I could be located, like I have MSP up mm-hmm. at the moment. So I could be in concourse A at gate five, and, but there's something that I, I really would love to have that's in, in concourse A at gate two or whatever. And, and basically you, you're crossing all barriers. You're, you're shrinking the universe or at least the airport universe. Yeah, in some and, ways. and that's an, an airport in particular that, you know, it's hard to shrink. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's daunting. It can be daunting. I'm sure to passengers to deal with. And they're that. fans of your service, by the way. So nothing you can say is, is they're not aware of. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. And this isn't a knock on the airport, which, I mean, I think it's one of the best in the country. Um, but you know, they're, they're, it's big. And I think what mm-hmm. we the table is we you know we can close down some of those distances for the passengers and and take all of those fantastic offerings that they have and, and then make them available i mean uh, for me when uh, i'm going to be traveling with my family this this summer uh, even if it was available last summer I, I definitely would have taken advantage of it just because you know it was one of the first times that my kids had flown you want you want to eliminate the stress right eliminate the, control the things that you can and that this is one of the things i, I probably can um, which I guess, I don't know if that's an intended, um, benefit, you know, or, or just kind of de-stress the whole traveling, um, experience. That's certainly what we set out to do. Um, you know, we wanted to provide choice. We wanted to give back some time and we, we wanted to take some of the stress and anxiety out of traveling, um, especially for folks who don't travel a lot, who may experience more of that, uh, just by nature of, of, of what they're going through. Oh, that's true. So how does, um, how does at your gate fit amongst all the other types of services? You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that Uber Eats, they are getting into the airport space, at least in, in Toronto Pearson only at the moment. Um, 
Grab is another service, obviously different from yours where it's the customer that's picking it up versus for you, it's being delivered to the customer. You know, how are there any other differences that where that make at your gate stand out from the competition? Well, I mean, if you take if a company competition. like Grab, um, you know, they were really pioneers in this space and that they launched the first widely adopted digital ordering experience inside the airports. Um, we look at what we do as just the logical extension of that experience. So, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, airports really do a fantastic job these days of providing these world-class dining and retail options, um, not always available to everybody that's in every part of the airport. So our, our goal is to close that gap. Um, and, and just being inside the airport is a big differentiator too. Um, you know, we, we're in the airport, our staff is in the airport, and we really strive to become part of the airport community. I mean, you'll see our at your gate brand ambassadors, um, the folks yeah. who are in the airport, uh, you know, you'll see them giving directions, picking up trash from the floor, helping passengers with bags. I mean, it was such a long road for us uh, to actually get inside of an airport. You know, uh, we talked about when we started and when we launched. Um, we were really legitimately excited about going to work at the airport every day. And I think mm -hmm that dedication to service and that enthusiasm has become part of our culture. And you really only get that if you're there inside the airport every day. No. And, and believe me, I, I, I remember I, I was, I had been going through my, my, um, my Twitter feed and I remember I, correct me if I'm wrong. I could have sworn there was, there was one image of you guys, not you specifically, but your folks delivering to, was it a airline crew? I believe literally like just, or, or something. I, I just yeah. remember it was kind of novel. I was like, oh, that's great. We delivered to the cruise. I mean, that was an early one. We had some passengers for um, uh, some pictures of us delivering, uh, you know, to cruise as they deplaned. You know, we'd have food waiting for the cruise. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to really uh, partner up with the airlines, especially on a local level, you know, um, mm -hmm. the individual uh, gate agents and leads and supervisors and, uh, there at the airport to work with them and figure out how can we help? Um, you know, do you have an IROP situation? Is there a long delay? Can we come down to the gate and offer, you know, folks the opportunity to order something to eat? Um, so opportunities like that continue to reveal themselves. And we're, we're always thrilled to be able to do things like that. Um, Cause it really, um, you really, we really do see sort of the, the delight and the joy that we're bringing to these folks when we show up with food. I mean, food is a very you know, base and primal thing. And, mm -hmm feed somebody there's there's a real connection that happens there uh, one thing I, I had been talking to some folks about um uh months ago and i'm thinking about it now is uh services like yours apps other things where it's not just delivery it's order ahead um where there's not m you're different because you're at you actually have a human being who's delivering and connecting with the end customer so do you see a lot of these services kind of like either not eliminating, but maybe evolving what customer service means? Like now your folks are an extension of the operators. They're not necessarily the ones that are making the burgers, pizzas, et cetera. But you're, are you, is the focus also to help maybe be that customer facing um, ambassador in some ways, regardless of what you're delivering? Because I mean, let's face it, you might have someone who's just having a bad day, but your person might, who's delivering it, to the customer will never know <laughs> that the person who made it had a bad day. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, yeah. I guess the evolution of the customer service experience. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we really do have an opportunity to get out and touch the folks, um, you know, in the actual airport terminals, uh, you know, where they dwell, where they move, 
And those interactions are really important to us. I mean, I mentioned before our, our, our focus on service and, and we hire for that. Mm-hmm. You know, people we bring into the airports, be it the managers or the brand ambassadors, they have service backgrounds, they have, uh, you know, uh, brand promotion backgrounds, they've got hospitality backgrounds. Um, we know getting in, getting into this, that the, the technology wasn't going to be the key part of this. I mean, um, it's not hard to build an app these days for ordering. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of good examples to look at of how to do that. We knew the key was going to be the, the human to human interaction in this piece. And, and we learned a lot of that from being in the, the innovation lab at San Diego, where, you know, it is a customer journey and there are lots of tiny little touch points inside that journey. And if our touch point can be sort of an emotional plus one for these folks, that, that's mm-hmm. going to be a big thing. And that's, what's important to us. So, and that's really what's directly in, in our control. As you mentioned, you know, we don't make the food, we don't prep the food. Um, you know, we can only control the food to a certain extent, but we can control the interaction we have with the person. And that's really where we put our focus. So how is it staffed um, manpower-wise? Is there, I'm sure there's like a, probably a ratio of some kind of, of, of your folks to number of participating uh, or restaurants, let's say. Yeah, you know, a lot of it has to do, I mean, there's a number of factors that go into it. You know, the volume of the airport itself, you know, the foot tracker, traffic, the implaning passengers, um, the physical layout of the airport plays into that as to how we would staff it. Um, so there's no one sort of cookie cutter uh, answer to how to how we staff for a particular airport other than it's what each terminal is its own market and then the market sure. has its own demands sure. for what we need to satisfy in there based on all of those things. Excellent. So my last question, Chris, is um, what's the future of At Your Gate? I mean, aside from, you know, adoption by other airports, um, what's the next step, unless that is really the next step to kind of make this part, make At Your Gate really just part of, the, be the natural part of someone's uh, journey? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a key part of it. So right now, you know, this thing is still really new. Mm-hmm. And most of our passenger customers that uh, we're interacting with, they're likely just discovering us for the very first time when they arrive at one of the terminals that we operate in. So we're kind of in this, what we like to call the discover and delight phase. (laughs) Discover we exist and then they're delighted that we can actually deliver on what we promise. And uh, to date, since we launched, we've done about 27,000 deliveries. Wow. And uh, we've maintained an NPS score in the low 80s. So we think the data show that we're pretty good at this and people mm-hmm. like using it. So that's win number one for us. Um, so what we're really interested in moving forward is, as you mentioned, as this experience starts to become more ubiquitous in airports, you know, this is something that customers can start to have an expectation of, of doing and having inside the airport. Now, how does that now become a tool they can use sort of a day of travel tool? You know, you see a lot of technology now in, in our industry, focused on providing customers the ability to take control of their time back. And you see this yeah. a bit in the transportation side, whether it's rideshare, reserved parking, valet parking appointments, you know, bag pickup and handling. Um, a lot of that has to do with, with giving customers time back. So yeah. uh, you mentioned sort of the pre-order aspects. Um, you know, in addition to giving them more choice when they're in the airport, how will the ability to pre-order food for delivery to their gate how will that become a similar tool to give the customers back some of their time? And, and further, how can we integrate with some of those, uh, those technologies I mentioned, whether it's rideshare or yeah. we have yeah. travel apps or even OTAs? Um, you know, what points can we fit into the customer journey besides just when they get to the, the airport? So 
those are the kind of things we're thinking about and, and planning for as we continue to expand. No, I'm glad you mentioned because I was I was ready to, to chime in with that as well. You know, I'm from a different aspect. You know, I have God knows how many apps I might have on my phone, and and to add another one, it's not a big deal, but it would be great to make it seamless if it's and if you're already doing this and you don't need to disclose, that's fine. But if it's already if you are integrated with Delta's app or Americans app, whatever it is, it's just one less thing I have to worry about. It's just easy integration and um, it's just seamless. Because I mean. You know, at one time, I mean, I have a pretty big phone, so it's not going to bother me, but it's just one more thing I have to, oh, I got to find the app and make sure I get there and et cetera. It's just part of the smoothing of the, uh, the travel part of things. Yeah, those are things we're really closely paying attention to. And we're, we're talking to a number of, of, you know, different potential partners about things like that. For us, it's just, you know, how can we increase the size of the funnel yeah. uh, into our experience? I, I think this is a great service. Um, looking forward to testing it out myself. And, and Chris, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. This was great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having us on. Mm-hmm.